Hi, I'm Rose, and my pronouns are she and her. And I'm Annie, and my pronouns are she and her as well. And we're here to provide some context about the bisexual experience by sharing stories, getting advice, and talking about queer people we like. Yeah, and today we're talking about Bi-Visibility Day because this episode is scheduled to come out hopefully before or on a Bi-Visibility Day. But we also wanted to take this chance to just talk about how the show is going and see, I don't know, what uh, what you guys have been telling us, what we've been telling each other, and talk a little bit more about um, the show itself. Yeah, so basically we're going to be visible. And also, are we talking about us as the queer people we like? I don't know if my self-esteem is quite there yet. Uh... I did, I did have a few um, bisexual people that I wanted to talk about later on, but, you know, I'll, I'll do anything. I can talk about how great I am. <laughs> I guess we kind of are the queer people we like. Here's the thing. You're the queer people that I like, and I assume that I am a queer person that you like. I guess you're not the only queer person that I like. I have... I have many beloved queer friends and acquaintances. Uh, Are you talking about me or the audience? No, you. You, oh. Rose. <laughs> oh, God. I need to I need to flag this for my therapist. <laughs> Why do I assume you're talking about the audience? I was like, we do like these queer people. They're fantastic. <laughs> okay, audience, I also like you. This is not a, I like all of you. I like Rose. I like you if you're listening. I especially like if you listen every time we release an episode. I almost said every week, but we are not making this podcast on a weekly basis. No, I think our our first uh, nine months, we were really solid. But then um, 2020 has been very challenging. Yes, for everyone, which is part of the reason that I wanted to do this episode where we kind of talk about uh, how the show has been going and what we want to see it become or what we want to do with it in the future. Because we started this show in June, July, July, I think, July of 2019. That seems like a crazy long time ago, but it was just a year ago. Um, and I kind of jumped right in. You pitched the podcast to me and I was like, yeah, I love making podcasts. I'll make a podcast about whatever. Uh, and we just had a format for the show that we kind of came up with on the spot and started rolling with that. And it's kind of changed, uh, as the year went on, um, in form and we've been getting some great interviews and some cool guests. Uh, so it's changed from just us talking about our experiences being bisexual to other people talking about the bisexual experience. And that's been awesome. Um, really, really enjoyed our conversations with them so far. Uh, and I'd, I'd like to do a lot more interviewing in the future as well. I feel like this is a really meta moment in the podcast because it's like the two podcasters are talking about our podcast to our podcast audience (laughs) Uh, and I would clarify Annie messaged me and was like 
we should talk about where the podcast is going. And I was like, kind of like, am I getting a breakup? Oh, no. Am I going to get an on-air breakup? Which is like, cool. I'm in it for a minute for our sweet ratings. You guys know we're off the charts. Um, Yeah. But yeah, so we we actually haven't talked about this, but I kind of had the same thoughts. I I was like, where do I see the podcast going? And I was like, I feel like you and... I are obviously all knowing, but we also have limited life experience. So yes, I feel like I've kind of maxed out of like, well, what can I offer somebody? Because my perspective is still going to be um, from like the intersections in which I exist. And I think there's a lot of value in speaking to other people who work in other fields about like what it's like to exist as a, a public bisexual in those fields or who have different racial or gender identities, um, have grown up in different areas of the country even. Um, not that, I mean, you're West Coast and I'm East Coast, but we're both coastal elites. So uh, <laughs> I think like if if the audience is here for it, um, I think it could be cool to kind of like continue to bring in people who have those different experiences and expertise and talk to them. Um, One thing that I, I don't know if you feel this way, but I was like, I do kind of miss like doing the collection um, of like buy news and also just kind of getting to talk to you about like, cause I feel like we, we speak about like when we decide who we're going to talk to, we'll say, what do you know? What do, like, what do we already know? Um, and I think it could be cool to record that conversation and kind of show like we are usually starting from a point of lack of knowledge and talking to our guests really leaves me thinking about things in a different light for a long time. So it could be kind of cool to do like a before and after and, and then continue to highlight the queer news that's Uh, going on because I feel like it can be kind of hard to find if you're not hunting for it that's true yeah and I'll be totally honest I get two well I get three sources of news every week Uh, I listen to three different podcasts about the news one from Vox one from Marketplace and one from BBC and the BBC one is sports news (laughs) So it's not even real news. And that is all I can stand to read or hear about the news right now. Mm-hmm. So I've just been in, I've been avoiding like typing the word news into Google because I don't want I don't want to know if it's not immediately important to me. I don't want to know. <laughs> That's to- like totally fair. Totally fair. Yeah, one of the things that I get really anxious that this year has done unquantifiable damage to the queer community because we can't physically organize. Um, And I think that's how this community has always done organization, like very physical, very in each other's faces in the best possible way, usually smooching. Um, (laughs) And we, we need that. And obviously we can't have it right now. I'm not advocating for anyone to be physically present with other people right now. <laughs> um, but I, I worry that people are losing chances at building community or 
you know, keeping in touch with their queer community. So I, I really, really want to start whenever we're recording, just having some place that people can go to to find digital events to help them talk to other bisexuals or get to know other bisexuals or check in on other bisexuals. Uh, luckily for this episode, we have a bunch of, well, I got a bunch of resources for you to find out about digital events for Bi, Bi Visibility Day. Um, so yeah, I just I just get worried that people are, are losing their people and you really need your people. You really, really need your people, so. It's actually, um, that kind of makes me think about like how you, you asked like why, like we should talk about like why we started the podcast. And I'm like, I definitely was not, I was feeling like major queer imposter syndrome and I was not feeling like I could go into my pride center and be like, what's up? Like I was just feeling very invalidated and not like it was my space and the area that I could most connect was like online. And so I was Mm -hmm. seeing a lot of like YouTube videos, but that's not really my preferred method of like consumption. Um, I was much more into podcasts. So I was like, oh man, it would be great if there were more bisexual podcasts. And there weren't any. So then, you know, I was like, well, we should we should do one. And to me, that's almost like a challenge. Like I try to I feel like whenever I'm really uncomfortable about something, I'm like, that probably means I will benefit the most from doing it. So pushing myself into that like extremely uncomfortable space where I'm like, I like Annie and I are just friends who know each other like (laughs) we have are not like experts in human sexuality or you know queer spokespeople um so it's kind of like it's it's an awesome medium and I was tagged the other day by the London bisexual meetup group on Twitter um and they tagged us in a list of 16 bisexual podcasts which I will link to that Twitter thread because it's awesome in the show notes um it's just really cool to think like a little over a year ago I was like oh I can't really find anything that's getting updated regularly that's targeted for bisexuals and now there's like this little niche community it just shows you that like we're here we are just not always seen yeah yeah 16 is a lot and honestly like if you are listening to this if you've always thought you would be okay at podcasting do it get some get some you know okay recording gear uh garage band and get to it especially if you are an underrepresented person in podcasting like people will listen you'll be surprised and <laughs> people will listen to you <laughs> yeah reach if you're our listener and you have a podcast, reach out and we'll drop you in the show notes of a future episode um, or something. We can do a cross promotion. We'll come on your show. You come on our show. We'll talk. We'll hash it out. Um, yeah, I, totally. That sounds like we're going to fight you for like the bisexual podcasting space, which is not what I meant. I, I mean, we I can will, fight if that's what your podcast is about. Yeah, I will fight you if you, if you want me to. <laughs> If the money's right. Also, if you are a person who organizes uh, online events 
for the bisexual community or for bi plus community, queer community, uh, and you're open to having some bisexuals in your online space, email us with all the stuff you're organizing. We will promote the heck out of it. Should we talk? I mean, we've talked. I feel like all of this is talking about uh, visibility of bisexual people. Should we talk a little bit about the history of Bisexual Month and Bi-Visibility Day? Uh, Yeah, I can actually tell you what I found and you can maybe tell me if what I found is correct. I love that. (laughs) Okay, now I'm nervous. No, don't Um, be nervous because what I found, I was just reading. I'm sure we found the same sources. Yeah, I mean, a lot of mine is links from a Wikipedia page about bi-visibility. I'm sure we have word for word the same information (laughs) then. I also got the same graduate degree as you, so same research methods. Yeah. Um, Well, really, okay, it checks out because there's really one source for all of this history around Bisexual Awareness Month and Bi-Visibility Day, and that's BiNet USA. So BiPOL is a bisexual political organization and it was founded in san francisco in 1983 and they actually founded the first bisexual national bisexual conference in san francisco um where the north american multicultural bisexual network was formed uh they declared at this conference june 23rd as bisexual pride day um later it was moved to september i believe well obviously bisexual pride day can happily still exist on june 23rd there's no reason why you can't have bisexual pride day and bi visibility day but what i found is bi visibility day was made to be in september because At this conference, years later, a bunch of people from uh, Binet were like, man, we really love Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury was born in September. Freddie Mercury is a bisexual. Let's make September 23rd Bisexual Visibility Day. Is that what you found, Rose? Uh, I did not do any research about the date and why they picked the date. I was just like, must have been what was free. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what what did you find out about bisexual visibility day sure so i uh, incorrectly said earlier um bisexual vis- or bisexual month which is wrong i was referring to bi week uh, which yeah. is september 16th through the 23rd culminating in bi visibility day which has previously gone by some other names as annie mentioned Bi Pride Day, Bi Day, Celebrate Bisexual Plus Day. Um, I found um, information that Bi Visibility Day was started in 1999 as International Celebrate Bisexuality Day, created by three bisexual advocate, uh, sorry, activists from the United States: Wendy Curry, Michael Page, and Gigi Raven Wilbur. I also found that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I can verify that. Okay, cool, cool. And then I saw a website on GLAAD saying that they, along with the Bi Resource Center and Still Bisexual, 
co-founded by Week. I also found that, and I was like, "That's bullshit." I saw. I have my, in my notes. Glad on their website says they co-founded Bisexual Plus Awareness Week. Okay, Glad. Okay. Is it? Is it? Is it corporate takeover? Um, but either way, I found uh, this quote from Wendy Curry, one of the possible founders of Bi-Visibility Day, um, who, when they were asked what the biggest threat to bisexuals was, they said, invisibility, full stop. They didn't say full stop. They said, invisibility. <laughs> because most people will look at a couple and decide they are straight or gay based on the combination of apparent genders. We fly under most people's radar. As a result, many people are isolated and the stereotypes remain unchallenged. Yeah. Which still, I would say, very true today, um, 21 years later. So I think super important to have bi visibility for reasons that we talk about on this podcast all the time. Um, the more visible we are in society, the more support and resources we're going to get and mm -hmm. the healthier mm -hmm. and happier and fuller lives we can live. Yeah. And I'll say it again. A great way to be visible is to be a part of a community that does volunteer work or does monthly meetings or is just there to have your back when you need it, when you need a little extra pride. Um and this is a great time of year to connect with your community. Uh, but there's never a bad time. So Agreed. So I know you said that you have a bunch of resources for digital events for Bi Visibility Day. I suggested looking at bivisibilityday.org that highlights a lot of digital events. And then going to your local Pride Center to see what kind of events they're hosting and we were lucky enough last year to host an in-person Bi Visibility Day event at the Brooklyn Pride Center. Um, so if we can do fully, like another freaking motto of this episode is if we can do it, you can do it. <laughs> yeah. Center is not hosting something that's bi-specific. We did a potluck, which like, why? Why? I don't know. I bought a bunch of buy flags and stickers online and we did a potluck. So yeah. you can make the event whatever you want it to be. And I'm sure your center would be so happy to help you host something. Yeah. Um, I Two things here. I thought it was byvisibilityday.com. Is Ooh, it org it, or com? It is .com. Please okay, excuse yeah. my error. No problem. Uh, yeah, that's the main resource that's that has tons of events uh, listed. It also has some information about the history of Bi Visibility Day. Uh, but it has online events for the UK, the US, New Zealand, Australia, France, and Canada. So if you're in any of those countries, you can find an event to go to. Obviously, since they're digital events, it doesn't matter if you're not from New York, if the New York bisexual meetup group is the one hosting they're not gonna know you're not from new york <laughs> or care probably yeah they're not gonna care either they'll be delighted to have you we know the guys who run that meetup and they're great so um i mean yeah like rose said last year we i think we had a two-week advance notice where rose i can't even take credit for this rose is like 
let's do an event on Bisexual Visibility Day. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I'll show up. I have a dentist appointment that day, so I can't really do anything. Um, so she single-handedly ordered all this shit, got in touch with the Pride Center, and, like, tons of people showed up. Tons of people. I got there as the the party was kind of dying down my face was like half numb and i was like let's party (laughs) and there were still tons of people there it was awesome so if you build it they will come you should just you should just do it you should just do do it it. if there's not a digital event that speaks to you you can also just make a post reminding people that you are bisexual maybe coming out for the first time if you're safe comfortable and able to do so um a lot of what makes bisexuals invisible is a our magic potions and b the fact that people will make assumptions based on who they actively see us romantically pursuing um so by visibility day is just a great time to be like sup don't forget you know a bisexual and you might be surprised about the people who come out supportively or in solidarity as they are also queer or bisexual or pansexual so it's kind of awesome. It can, you can build your own little community by being the first one to like raise your hand. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Um, anything else you wanted to say about Bisexual Visibility Day? I don't think so. Okay. Well, then let's move on to doing some housekeeping because there's a few items that I gotta talk about on housekeeping. Um, first of all housekeeping this is the housekeeping song um (laughs) so i would really like to get a new theme song for this show i whipped up the music that we currently play at the beginning end and any transitions we have from garage band loops and i don't think it's really cutting it anymore i don't know if the tone is quite right so I would love to get some music made by a bisexual. If you are a bisexual museum, museum. (laughs) If you are a bisexual museum, we would love to interview you. Please come on the show. Oh, my God. That would be amazing. Dude, where is the bisexual museum? God damn it. If you know about a bisexual museum or even a bisexual (laughs) museum exhibit, please let me know. Let me know. Let Rose know personally. I, um, I'm interested. <laughs> I'm interested. I'm okay. getting back on track now. We need a bisexual musician. If you are a bisexual musician or you know a bisexual musician, please let them know that we are looking for a theme song that is between two and three minutes. Uh, we're looking for something that's kind of upbeat. And that can be used for intros and outros and maybe any transitions that we have. So, you know, there's 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 sections to the song. There's um, there's there's different themes. Um, we I would be happy to pay twenty dollars a month for the continued use of the song for as long as we use it. Um, I'd also be happy if we got a number of different songs that we liked to, you know, try one for one year of the show or one season of the show and then go to another one anyways whatever you whatever you have written already 
uh, send it to us. We'd love to hear it. Um, and at the very least, if we don't choose your song to be the theme for this show, we're going to give you a shout out just for, for sending it in and promote your Instagram or your Bandcamp or SoundCloud or whatever you use to uh, promote your music. I have a number of questions as yes. a budding musician. I've, a, I've been writing a lot of songs about uh, my girlfriend's dog now that we live together. Trout. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be a rock opera. It's pretty magical. Trout! Stay tuned. I love your snout! <laughs> That's absolutely like a recurring rhyme. <laughs> okay, trout and snout. <laughs> Usually yeah, when I'm about to take him out. Oh, <laughs> nice. Okay, but uh, sorry. So, what are your should questions? should the song have lyrics, or are you looking for instrumentals exclusively? Lyrics are great. Um, you know, nothing nothing too explicit, <laughs> but a little a little poetic sexiness is not uh, frowned upon. Okay, and uh, should the song be written? exclusively for our show or is a song that was written for something else but the person is interested in licensing it to us acceptable yeah i i mean i know songwriting is a huge endeavor and i would not um i would not be saying hey i'll give you 20 bucks a month for a song that you like went through the trouble of writing uh just for this show like i think that would that would be a much higher fee so yeah a pre-existing song unless for some reason you're like these guys deserve their own specific song for the lowest price imaginable um Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. if you want to do that i'm not complaining but yeah i have i do not expect anyone to do that (laughs) (laughs) okay and uh if we get a lot of really which i'm sure we will get a ton of like really quality submissions should we instead just do like a chaotic mashup layer all of them on top of each other i would call love it that. a day i would love that yes personally i would love that okay. yeah yeah i want like an overstimulating cacophony to open the show yeah so do i that's what i always want just get people uh jazzed get people jazzed for the show so if go. you have what did you say? I said, just get them going. Get them going, yeah. If you have a, a suitable song, please send it to our email address, hellogoodbyes42069 at gmail.com, or uh, link it to us on our Instagram at hellogoodbyes, whatever, whatever you want to do. I'm not looking for the most beautiful symphony ever made. I am looking for something simple and something sweet. Uh, maybe two minutes long. You can always reach us at our email, uh, hellogoodbyes42069 at gmail.com. If you want to talk about something we fucked up in the show, we always appreciate that. Please let us know so that we can correct ourselves. Um, or if you want to tell us uh, we're doing a great job, you know, it's never, it's never frowned upon. I actually have an example of each of those for our listener mail section. I don't okay. know what other housekeeping you have to do, but. Nope. Oh, I would boy. love to hear those. Yeah. I would so love to hear we did, those. we did get an email correction. Um, I didn't hear back from this person, whether or not we could uh, state their name. So I'm going to keep the email 
um, anonymous, and uh, I will lightly paraphrase. Um, so this person writes, I like your podcast, which is why I'm writing to you. Thank you. Um, for bi activists capable of influencing a lot of people, I would like to call to your attention some instances of ingrained biphobia that you might not be aware of. I have just listened to the episode Big Screen by G Screen, um, and two things caught my attention. Mm. One, the use of the term lesbian relationship and hetero relationship is biphobic. Bisexuals don't usually use these terms unless they are unaware of bi erasure. Relationships don't have a sexuality, people do. If you have a bisexual person in a relationship, that relationship will never be straight, nor gay, nor lesbian. That's why we use the terms same sex or different sex relationship. You can also say sapphic relationship or uh, WLW, woman loving woman relationship. Uh, point. Yeah, or, or monosexual. Oh, yeah, monosexual. Relationship. Relationship. I noticed Dr. Mimi used that last time, and I was like, I gotta yeah, yeah, remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the second point was when we were discussing Doctor Who and we talked about bisexuality versus pansexuality um, and we definitely discussed uh, the terms saying that pansexuals love regardless of gender versus bisexuals who gender has a role in um, there's an ongoing discussion among the community about the definition of bisexual versus pansexual um, we're always learning. This was definitely an earlier episode. Um, so this, this listener shared a lot of valuable information about the definitions of bisexuality that they have heard and use, um, and the differences between bisexuality and pansexuality, noting, um, that quote, in my opinion, for bisexuality to be revolutionary, we have to stick to that word, claim it, and be proud of it, not to run away from it and use other synonyms, because eventually heteronormativity is just going to glue the same stereotypes on us, regardless of which word we use. Um, so just wanted to thank that person for taking the time to write to us and call us in around those mistakes. Um, this is like a perfect way to do it, not aggressive per like we are just doing our very best so if we make a mistake we absolutely want to know um and if you are aggressive that's okay too like you're allowed to be pissed about stuff that we say um so sorry to anyone who was hurt or felt excluded or erased by the language that we used in that episode um and we're gonna do better to work against that and other ingrained biphobia and heteronormative language and framing in future episodes and I feel like we are always striving towards that I hope you feel that way as well um so again thanks to that writer that listener and writer anyone who wants to write in to help us <laughs> learn grow do better we definitely appreciate listeners like this um who help us recognize and fight our internalized biphobia so that we can stop perpetuating and hurting others I couldn't have said it better yeah um and then we got some a letter from Gianna which I think is how you pronounce your name I'm really sorry if I'm wrong Gianna um, but Gianna's 13 and bisexual um, they just started listening to our podcast this was um, a few months old um, but Gianna came out on June 1st of this year and Congrats, Gianna. Yeah. Yay. We're extremely here for Gianna. Um, quote, you guys are so funny and smart, and I can just tell you're really good people, which <laughs> we also love 
emails like this. Uh, <laughs> um, Gianna's stepsister, Allie, who is biromantic, shared the podcast with them. Um, so we've got a little family fandom going on, which we totally appreciate. It's awesome to have you. Jenna suggested that we do an episode with books, which we've touched on occasionally, but we hope to have an episode coming out about bisexuals in literature pretty soon. So we love you, Jenna. Congratulations on coming out, and thank you for listening. Yeah. Yeah, uh, on the note that Rose mentioned um we had an episode come out earlier this month in september that uh our our guest our interviewee took another listen to and was like actually can you can you edit this a bit more which she said totally respectfully and which we're absolutely happy to do so hopefully that episode will come out in october maybe mid-october uh, might be the episode after this one. But that episode talks a bit about um, some bisexual authors and books about bisexuality, which is really exciting. Yeah, that I was like the whole time that episode was playing, I was like adding things to my my to read list. So I think that'll <laughs> be a big a big hit um, with Gianna. Um, I like I said at the beginning of this show, I have been avoiding the news basically uh, unless it's again immediately um, important to me <laughs> so instead of bisexual news I have two sources of media that I think listeners might enjoy um, they're made by or about or both um, queer people so the first one is a podcast that's called Our Opinions Are Correct and it's about science fiction and fantasy if that's up your alley it's definitely up mine i think it just won a hugo award a nebula award one of those sci-fi awards um for podcasting and it's fabulous uh just talking about themes in science fiction and fantasy writing and shows and movies um the last episode was about books and movies and TV shows that uh, have some kind of portal fantasy where like a character is sucked into a magical land or whatever uh, and how queer that is. And it was chef's kiss. So good. So that's a great podcast to check out by uh, and for queer people and for anyone. If you're not queer, it's, it's so good. It's such a good show. Um, And then this person gets a shout out, in the episode we'll be releasing hopefully next month. Um, but it's an author, Benjamin Alire Sayens. He's a poet and author. He wrote the book Aristotle and Dante Discover the Secrets of the Universe, which gets a shout out next episode. Um, it's awesome. He's awesome. His poetry is beautiful. Give it a, give it a look. If you're the kind of person who likes to read poetry, and even if you're not, you may find that you have become someone who appreciates poetry. Um, so that's what I have instead of any probably depressing news. <laughs> I have a plethora of depressing and not depressing news that I can okay. rattle off for y'all real quick. 
please. Former Florida Democratic gubernatorial candidate Andrew Gillum came out as bisexual during an interview with Tamron Hall on Monday. This interview was the first that he's done since he was found in a hotel with a male sex worker who had overdosed. Since this incident, he's gone to rehab. um, And in the interview, he said, you didn't ask the question, but I don't identify as gay. I identify as bisexual. And I have never shared that publicly before. Um, Javicia Leslie is slated to play the first black Batwoman who's also bisexual, as is Javicia. Um, Nice. So this, I was like, oh, is this a movie coming out? It's actually the third season of a TV show about Batwoman, which I totally knew was on air. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But that's super cool. Um, In other, like, comic superhero news, Marvel has officially revealed that Kate, Kitty Pride is indeed bisexual the uh (laughs) character she's a mutant so she's from the x-men series um she's portrayed by our beloved queer ellen page in the films um a survey was this is bad news um a a survey was done in britain and 40 percent of parents said that they don't want their parents to learn during sex education that being LGBTQ is okay. They don't want their they don't want their kids learning. Yeah, right? yeah. So there, uh, the majority of people in Britain say, uh, respond and say that they are comfortable with LGBTQ and like uh, advocates and allies of the community, but they do not want their children learning that it is okay to identify that way. Contradictions. I am making a face, some kind of face right now. All right. Okay. okay. All right. There it is. All right. Okay. Um, okay. This one is a little bit complex. So it's a two-parter. First, Beck Albertalli, who wrote Simon vs. the Homo Sapiens, which was the inspiration for the film Love, Simon, was... Um, sorry, she said that she was forced to come out as bisexual after receiving criticism for telling queer stories as a straight person. Um, she said, quote, this doesn't feel good or empowering or even particularly safe. Honestly, I'm doing this because I've been scrutinized, subtweeted, mocked, lectured, and invalidated just about every single day for years, and I am exhausted. So that's part one. Then bisexual podcaster, novelist, and journalist Gabby Dunn criticized Albertalli um, saying the following in a tweet thread. I sort of think you shouldn't write slash create queer media and then feel weird when people ask if you're queer. Or maybe if you're grappling with it, you should refrain, refrain from writing about the community you're not a part of until you are comfortable being a part of it. It's great to want to write queer stories, but do it from within once you're comfy and not as something you're entitled to. The queer community is amazing. I welcome you. Come, enjoy it before you write about it because we can tell. I just don't think you're the victim when you put yourself into queer spaces, center yourself as a creator in that space, and then get weepy about having to explain that. Dunn then added, 
No one is obligated to come out, but no one is forcing you to write queer stories while you're closeted. If your own queerness makes you uncomfortable, how can you, and more importantly, why would you want to spotlight that on yourself and center your work in a queer space? This raised a lot of debate on Twitter, um, and I I don't want to be misleading. I'm sure there were other responses that happened in between Gabby Dunn's comments. That was multiple tweets, not one dense tweet. Um, so we'll link to that story. I did. Mara Wilson, who plays Matilda, responded, and <laughs> that's how I learned that she's bisexual. I had no idea. I know. <laughs> So, what? Who's been keeping this information she, from me? She does a bunch of, uh, I don't know. Why would I? <laughs> I didn't keep it from you. She does a bunch of. Everyone should have been tweeting me. She does a bunch of uh, voice work for this other podcast called Welcome to Night Vale, which in college mm-hmm. I loved. I did a bunch of long road trips and I would just listen to it for hours. Um, so I, I had a very brief obsession with her and found out as much as I could. Also, Matilda's fucking fantastic. What a great film. Yeah, Matilda is a great, a great film. Agreed. Anyways, what did, what did Mara Wilson say? Okay, so Mara Wilson um, of Matilda fame uh, replied to this conversation in Gabby Dunn's comments and said, I get where you're coming from, but I also know that I wrote stories about queer characters falling in love before I came out. And I see now it was really a way of working through it for me. I also had a very negative experience with people pushing me to come out. So I get both sides of where Gabby's coming from that you hope you want other people to put themselves out there and be representatives of the queer community especially the bisexual community because we're underrepresented um but you it's it's hard to tell someone when and how to come out especially if you were getting questions about this type of story like what what validates you and being able to tell it you might already feel defensive and like it's not a great area for you to bear your most vulnerable truth completely agree just like there is no correct way to be a woman there is no correct way to exist as a queer person so this seems to me like a clash of personalities having listened to gabby dunn on her own show and other podcasts i know that she has a very vibrant personality she's extremely outgoing um she is the kind of person who who when she comes out she makes everybody know <laughs> and that's what it seems like i don't know her now i'm talking out of my ass but that's what it seems like someone else might be the kind of person who does not make people know when they have come out to a few people they are not that kind of person they they know they are queer that is enough for them i i don't know I don't know. I, I see where Gabby's coming from, but I think that to say that you have you have not been a queer person correctly, it's just it gets into some weird area for me. Yes, yes. It's a little gatekeeping yeah. to, to me when we start to tell people how you are allowed to exist and under what, yeah. what boxes you must check. Um, yeah. And I'm I'm sure that I'm 
I think it's also valuable that we're able to have this back and forth discussion and that we're able to say like, oh, I felt like that might be problematic and this might not be um, because everybody's coming from different points of views and different experience yeah. and different priorities. So, yeah, it's it's more of I mean, it's not only a problem with personalities, it's a problem with the platform that you are having these discussions on. I have said many times to Rose and our other friends that you cannot have a meaningful discussion on a application or a website that is not specifically created to foster nuanced discussions. And Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and basically any other social media is not, not capital N designed capital D to foster meaningful discussions. So don't have those discussions there, okay? Unless you want to feel frustrated. Do not have those discussions there. Um, I would like to just suggest that if you are having a lot of conversations on the internet with people who uh, disagree with you and you're finding that you're feeling very disgusted with the state of the world and yourself and other people after having those discussions, a potentially more fruitful way to um, advocate for your point of view is to make art about it, which could be a comic, um, a you know, an essay, a story, um, a painting, a podcast, uh, even if, you know, you create this thing and it doesn't change anyone's minds, you've at least created something that you could be proud of, not just like angry blocks of text after blocks of text. So that's my, my personal suggestion. Yeah, I think that's great because you're doing it for yourself, not to like try and correct someone else who you think yeah. is wrong. Yeah. And you're trying to like celebrate what you think is right or imagine a world where what you think is wrong isn't wrong. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is what artists used to do, right? I'm totally getting on my soapbox now and this is definitely a tangent, but like when someone made art and someone else saw that art and was like, I don't really like that art. I disagree with that art that artist would then go make art that ridiculed the original form of art or improved upon it or whatever. And we've just, we've kind of lost that, that culture, which makes me sad. Now we just get into arguments on Twitter. Yeah. I don't care for it. <laughs> I have some good news to top us off. Great. We have um, Rugby Star... Le Levi Levi Davis coming out as bisexual. I want people to feel they can be who they are. Love it. Um, researchers say that William Shakespeare is, was, he's no longer alive. Sorry, everyone. Spoiler <laughs> alert. William Shakespeare was undeniably bisexual. Okay. How do you, how do you know researchers? I, I didn't get a chance to read the article, so... <laughs> <laughs> I only pulled the headline for you, but I did link it in the show notes. Undeniably bisexual. Okay. All Undeniably. Right. It, they started to mention sonnets, so I'm sure I'm sure there's some maybe he's like 
Hello, my name is William Shakespeare, and I would like to start off by saying that I identify as a bisexual. Please never deny it, historians. <laughs> it is not right? deniable. That's is the that I am big pentameter. And print it. I'm done. <laughs> Throws his quill away. <laughs> um, and finally, my last bit of bi news. Disney is writing its first bisexual character in The Owl House. Here's the description of the Disney Channel show. The Owl House focuses on 14-year-old Luz Nasida, a bisexual and Dominican-American girl on a journey to become a witch despite her lack of magical powers. All right, Disney, I'll believe it when I see it. Every time they're like, yeah, we've got a new queer character for you, it's, it's complete bullshit. So I look forward to maybe being proven wrong this time i'll believe it when i see it yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah sorry i've got a bone to pick yeah um do you have any bising stars i know that you you called out a bunch of podcasts are and uh poets already so yeah those are my uh bising stars not technically bi by the way by the way Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh yeah but but queer, queer artists and and uh, podcasters. I I wanted to highlight two folks that I found out were queer that I did not know: Alicia Garza and Patrice Colors, who uh, are two of the three founders of the Black Lives Matter movement, who both identify as queer. Hell yeah! And um, I feel like. Obviously, Black Lives Matter has done a lot of amazing work around raising the visibility of uh, violence in general and specifically police killings of black people. Um, And they're doing a lot to raise visibility around the lives of black queer people who are extremely underrepresented um, and not protected in our society. Um, I'm assuming most people know about Black Lives Matter, but I'll just read quickly from their website. Black Lives Matter began as a call to action in response to state-sanctioned violence and anti-black racism. Our intention from the very beginning was to connect black people from all over the world who have shared desire for justice to act together in their communities. The impetus for that commitment was, and still is, the rampant and deliberate violence inflicted on us by the state. Um, they have a now a global network that is chapter-based, member-led organization whose mission Um, was originally to build local power and to intervene when violence was inflicted on black communities by the state and vigilantes. In the years since then, they've committed to struggling together and to imagining and creating a world free of anti-blackness where every black person has the social, economic, and political power to thrive. So we will link to that organization um, and you can learn a little bit more. Yes, great. Wow, that's so cool. I had no idea. That's great. No idea. I had no idea. That's cool. Also, um, my last thing that I'd like to say is register to vote. Register to vote. I don't care who you vote for. Just do it. Just vote, 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 vote every day. (laughs) Well, no, only vote on November 3rd. Hopefully vote before then with a mail-in ballot or an absentee ballot or, uh, you know, socially distance voting. Uh, But please do vote. You should um, check now to make sure that you're registered to vote. I just moved, so I am in touch with my Board of Elections 
trying to figure out why is my DMV address updated, but my BOE address is not updated. And I am on the phone all the time, once a week, being like, hello, where, when will my address be updated? I would like my mail-in ballot. Um, so start now. They're getting a huge flux of um, people who are moving due to the pandemic. So you just want to make sure that you're able to vote. If your state offers early voting, you might want to look at that as a backup option in case you don't get your mail-in ballot in time. Uh, request your mail-in ballot now if you'd prefer to vote that way. If you get your mail-in ballot, send it immediately. There's no harm in voting early um, unless if you're, if you're undecided, you maybe decide now and vote early <laughs> if you if you're if you're undecided and you're really passionate about uh getting your vote in you should probably consider that when you're deciding who to vote for um but yeah send send your vote in early look into all of your state's options if you are able to i know a lot of states are losing a lot of their poll workers because that's usually an older demographic and they're not feeling safe and confident in coming out in the pandemic. So if you are young, healthy, able, and comfortable, they are providing PPE, they are providing hand sanitizer, masks, gloves, et cetera, et cetera, um, and trying to maintain social distancing in the polling places, you can help other people cast their votes as well. Yes, vote for your local elections. Vote especially, please, vote for your senator vote for a democratic senator i'll say it vote for a democratic senator just do it please <laughs> i'm not going to tell you who to vote for for the presidential election but i will tell you vote for a democratic senator please and thank you i will say if you are a listener who's considering not voting because you don't like the candidate who's been elected for your party. Perhaps it's a Democratic candidate who you do not love. You would not be pumping up. I would love to talk to you about why you should still be voting for a Democratic candidate. I'll say it. I'll say that. I think you should be voting for Joe Biden. Yeah, you can also... If you want to talk to me specifically, you can send us an email at Rose, will you forward it to me? And I'll also talk to you uh, about some personal experiences that I have that are informing my uh, decision on who to vote for for president. Uh, so, yeah, give 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 me a, a line, too. Yeah. And even if, if you're. Yeah, for I will talk to anyone who's voting for anyone, and if you're considering not voting, then I especially would like to speak to you. In the email, you can say which one of us you want to speak to, or if it's both, that's fine too. We're here to talk. We mostly just want you to register and use your power to vote. No matter who you're voting for, please vote. Yes, especially local elections. Please and thank you. <laughs> yes. All right, should we sign off? Yes. <laughs> yeah, let's do our sign off. Okay, ready? Three, two, one. Goodbye. Goodbye from, from the goodbye. <laughs> okay.